Hello, this is Tanishka Sodhi from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, the 10th of March. The Enforcement Directorate carried out searches at Bihar Deputy Chief Minister Tejashwi Yadav's Delhi house today in connection with the Land for Jobs case, NDTV reported. Raids took place in a total of 24 locations today in the national capital region, Ranchi and Patna, related to allegations of money laundering which involves Lalu Prasad Yadav and members of his family. Three days ago, the CBI had questioned former Union Minister Lalu Prasad Yadav in Delhi for five hours and before that, they had questioned Rabri Devi at her house in Patna. On Monday, Tejashwi had said that the CBI action was a consequence of his family's relentless opposition to the BJP. The CBI case is based on accusations that Yadav and his family bought land at cheap rates in exchange for jobs during his tenure as the Union Railway Minister from 2004 and 2009. In July last year, Yadav's aide and officer on special duty, Bhola Yadav, was arrested by the CBI. This comes at a time when eight opposition parties had written to the Prime Minister last week, alleging misuse of central agencies for the BJP's political motives. Tejashwi too was one of the signatories. Bharat Rashtra Samiti leader K. Kavita began a day-long hunger strike in the national capital today to demand the introduction of the Women's Reservation Bill in Parliament. Leaders of at least 12 parties are participating in the protests taking place at Delhi's Jantar Mantar today, but the Congress is not one of them. The legislation proposes a constitutional amendment to reserve one-third of the seats in Lok Sabha and Assemblies for women. According to the BRS leader, the BJP had promised to implement the legislation in the run-up to the 2014 and 2019 Lok Sabha elections, but failed to do so after coming to power. She said that in order for India to be at par with other countries of the world, women need to be given more representation in politics. The hunger strike by Kavita, the daughter of Telangana Chief Minister Chandrasekhar Rao, comes a day before the Enforcement Directorate is set to question her in connection with the Delhi liquor policy scam. The ED has alleged that Kavita is part of the South cartel that benefited from kickbacks after Delhi's liquor policy was implemented. Kavita said that the ED summons were a political witch hunt and political victimization. Two days after an opinion piece in the New York Times said that press freedom in rest of India may end up looking a lot like Kashmir, Union Minister Anurag Thakur today called the article mischievous. In a series of tweets, Thakur said that New York Times has long backdropped all pretense of neutrality while publishing anything about India. Headline Modi's final assault on India's press freedom has just begun. The opinion piece in question was written by Anuradha Bhaseen, the executive editor of the Kashmir Times. Bhaseen said that the raids in her newspaper office in 2020 had been a punishment for daring to question Modi's policies. She went on to write about the media policies of the government that were allegedly destroying Kashmiri journalism. Responding to the piece, Thakur, who was the Union Minister of Information and Broadcasting, said, and I quote, 
NYT's so-called opinion piece on freedom of the press in Kashmir is mischievous and fictitious, published with the sole motive to spread propaganda about India and its democratic institutions and values. This is in continuation with what NYT and a few other link-minded foreign media have been spreading lies about India and our democratically elected Prime Minister Shri Narendra Modi ji. Such lies can't last long. Unquote. Criticizing foreign media for allegedly peddling lies about India's democracy, Thakur said that some foreign media had been nourishing a grudge against India and Modi and systematically trying to peddle lies about India's democracy. Listeners, in India, every second foreign correspondent has been summoned by the Narendra Modi government to explain their reportage critical of ministries. Since August 2019, almost no one has been allowed to visit Jammu and Kashmir and report independently there. And journalists who write negative stories are given visas valid for less than a year, putting their jobs at stake. These are some of the findings of three internal surveys conducted in 2020, 2021 and 2022 among journalists in India who are either foreign nationals or who are overseas citizens of India card holders. To know more, read the full report by my colleague Shiv Narayan Raj Parohit on newslaundry.com. It is titled Threats No Access Shorter Visas. Three surveys reveal the woes of foreign correspondents in India. The reason we are able to report on stories such as these is because we don't rely on political parties or corporations for advertisements. We rely only on you the subscriber to support us. So if you're not a part of our independent news model, head on to newslaundry.com/subscription and choose a contribution amount of your choice. Lowest subscription starts at rupees 300 only. Two people in India, one from Karnataka and one from Haryana, have died of influenza caused due to the H3N2 virus the government said today, NDTV reported. According to officials in Karnataka's health department, 82-year-old Hire Goda was admitted to a hospital on February 24th and died on March 1st. His lab reports, which came 2 days later, confirmed the infection due to H3N2, Indian Express reported. Karnataka's Health and Family Welfare had issued an advisory on March 6th for health officials to prevent and control the spread of the infection. The state's health minister K Sudhakar had appealed to people not to panic over the virus. District health officers have been instructed to conduct regular surveillance for influenza-like illnesses or severe acute respiratory infection with sample collections. Around 90 cases of the H3N2 virus have been reported across the country and 8 cases of the H1N1 virus. Both have symptoms similar to COVID. Recently, the Indian Medical Association had urged doctors not to prescribe antibiotics to patients before they confirm whether or not the infection is bacterial as they can develop a resistance. Chinese leader Xi Jinping has secured a historical third term as president today, his third five-year term. All 2,952 members of the National People's Congress voted unanimously for the 69-year-old in an election where he stood unopposed. In the Chinese system of governance, the president's functions are largely ceremonial. 
His power comes from him being the general secretary of the Communist Party and chairman of the Central Military Commission. Both these posts were handed to him last October. His re-election as the general secretary was a break from tradition as so far only party founder Mao Zedong has been elected for a third term in the post. The two-term limit for China's top post was abolished in 2018 by the Chinese president. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you.